0: Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Rink, and I'll be your host as usual for the next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. How you doing, Megan?
2: Oh, trying to stay warm, but pretty good other than that.
0: That is good. And we have a special guest in the house. Johnny P is back. You know it, guys. good to be back good to see you. you. got here like three minutes before the show started. I didn't know if you'd make it.
1: Oh, that's all I need, man.
0: <laughs> he doesn't need any prep time. He's all ready to go. Um, hope all of our listeners are doing all right on this Monday with all that snow that we got dumped on with uh, last evening. I think, what, seven, eight inches here in Lansing, East Lansing. Um, worse than that last snowstorm we were talking about.
2: Yeah, it's because it's so sticky. It's like such thick snow that you drive over it a couple times and it's pure ice. And yeah, I nasty. think it's because we were anticipating last snow so, so much that we got Snow day because it was like yeah, like you were saying the snow apocalypse. Yeah, everyone's groups and stuff like that on Facebook, (laughs) which I noticed, and I was like, oh, this is kind of strange. But (laughs) today it was just. It was horrible. Like, my boots, I don't even have my boots on right now because they are soaked through. Yep. Like, when I was trying to shovel and, you know, wipe off my car and everything. That's
1: what we get for the nice weather we had last week, I guess.
0: <laughs> no, definitely. And, uh, I just, you know, we'll get into sports in a second. I just want to make a comment about this. I get tired of I, mean, I go on Facebook, and everyone's complaining. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, God, snow again. Snow again. It's <laughs> February, ladies and gentlemen. What did you expect? Yeah, we got
1: don't let the 50 degree weather fool you. No,
0: that's so you get a few days. <laughs> yeah, you get a few days of that. It's always, that's what Michigan does. Yeah, you'll get a few warm days. And then you'll get snow again uh-huh. It's February still, ladies and gentlemen Get used to it It's mm-hmm. Michigan Alright, so let's stop complaining about it and deal with it This uh, this winter has been worse oh, than no. uh, many other winters, I think, just snow-wise But whatever mm-hmm. And real fast, I didn't tell you this yet There was a truck on fire outside of my apartment complex last night Oh, wow Yeah, I mean, it, you know, the whole front engine, the whole front just in a blaze
1: like an
0: inferno. Yeah, it a, yeah, the fire. Yeah, they showed right up, put it out. Smoke everywhere. It was a scene, man.
1: I believe it.
2: I got yeah. stuck in my driveway. That, if that makes yeah. No.
0: <laughs> Did your car catch fire after that? Uh-huh. Yeah. It
2: didn't blow up in an abyss of flames, but I mean, I got stuck. Yeah, <laughs> that and was the a pain.
0: Yeah, the unfortunate thing is that the truck that was stuck was a plow truck. Oh. So, oh, no. I, <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Just too much snow for even the plows to handle. Yeah, I,
0: guess. I don't know if he hit just you know didn't see a curb, hit it, something. I don't know, but must be nobody why. got hurt. So must that's be why a,
2: Grand River wasn't plowed this morning. It
0: must even be, one be that truck. one truck. <laughs> but um, th- no, everyone was all right. No one got hurt or anything. Good. And um, well, let's get to sports. That's enough banter of the weather. I don't think people tune into the show to hear about that. No, they know what's going on. I out think there. they do. Uh, <laughs> <I hope so. laughs> but uh, yeah, I hope so. Unless if you really unless enough, you haven't gone outside or you don't have windows. Or live under
2: a rock. Yes. <laughs>
0: but uh, let's uh, let's kick it off the show. We're going to talk about the Michigan State Spartans. Uh, the men's team played two games this last week. They played on Tuesday at Ohio State, and they played this Saturday, and college game day was here in East Lansing for a game against uh, Illinois. And uh, they, both of these games were uh, actually uh, quite competitive, very entertaining games. Um, and we're going to start with the game on Tuesday against Ohio State. Uh, like I said, the Michigan State Spartans traveled out to Columbus to face uh, the number one team in the co- well, not number one. They were number three. Uh, they had lost to Wisconsin, but won the best team in the Big Ten, and they lost. Uh, they lost seventy-one to sixty-one. Uh, this, like I said, this was a competitive game. It was a game that was back and forth the entire way, uh, most of the entire way. Once you got to about that five-minute mark in the second half, is when the game really got broken open by Ohio State. Some untimely turnovers, and uh, just uh, you know, they took care of their business on the foul line. Ohio State did, and a couple three pointers kind of sealed the deal. Now. Megan mm-hmm. you saw this game we've you know we talked about it the week before you thought they'd win Dave thought they'd win I thought they lose <laughs> not trying to rub it in no I'm just kidding no but uh, it was a good game what did you take out of this game
2: I mean it was a very competitive game um, I saw a different team out there the beginning of a different team not quite there yet I mean uh-huh. if you look at uh, turnovers as you were saying you know it was kind of a big thing they had 19 turnovers um, Way too many. Yeah, throughout the game, and I mean, Ohio State had seven, and you know, turnovers can determine a game, um, and that might have been what happened to them because I honestly I didn't watch the first half of it. I only caught the second half. until okay. so, Like I, I had time for. Um, I was out of town, but um, I it was so close. I mean, at halftime they were down by one. Yes. And they were within ten up until the like the very end. Um, and that's I, all I was seeing is from what I caught. Um the beginning of a different team not the same Spartans we saw last or two weeks ago Uh you know the beginning of like a new leaf turning over a new leaf finally and you know we've been waiting for this all season so I I I, they they had a chance I mean so um, even
0: though they lost I mean you still think it was a it was a step in the right direction at least is how they're playing Oh
2: yeah I mean they had a chance to win they didn't pull it off Mm -hmm. I mean I think it had had the turnovers been turned Tuned, uh, tuned down a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. I think they could have pulled it off. I think there's just a couple of things, you know, that kind of hurt them um, and gave Ohio State the win.
1: Oh, definitely. Johnny? Ohio State, yeah, you have to play a complete game, and you can't have really any mistakes at all. And it was that was really just kind of what it did. It was kind of the turnovers. Um, we didn't get a big game from Summers at all. I mean, he got in foul trouble early. Uh, yeah. was not a contributor. And, you know, with all that stuff being said, yeah, it was a very impressive performance effort-wise. Uh, we got a lot of contributions from guys like Keebler, who came off the bench and really played well. Good defense, and yep, he eight didn't points. look like a scared rabbit on offense like he usually <laughs> does. So, it, and, you know, all around the team, uh, just uh, I think the talent of Ohio State in the end was enough to just kind of push him over, but we played him. As well as I think, really, almost anybody's played them this year.
0: Yeah, basically, uh, I'd say that you know, probably if you want to look, obviously, Wisconsin that beat them seventy-one to sixty-seven. Uh, you know, a few days before that, we played them. Um, they played them better, and Purdue did just beat they them. Beat them, yeah, yeah. They did just beat them the other day, but uh, we did play them very tough, like you said. Uh, the Spartans shot almost fifty-eight percent from the you know from the field, yeah. which is an incredible shooting percentage. They did a fantastic job shooting the ball. I know, watching the game, it was just they kept on scoring. Yeah, we were doing a great job at stopping Ohio. Ohio State, at the, you know, on the other end,
1: nonetheless, they did a great job scoring. It was good to see that, and it was good to see them work it inside, get to the basket a lot more than they have been. I mean, it might have been helpful if they'd taken a few more threes than they did, because the three-point differential in that game was just huge, obviously. I mean, Ohio State was killing it from outside, and we weren't really taking shots from out
0: there. Yeah, we only attempted five three-pointers, made two of them, which, you know... Fine percentage, yeah. but even Ohio State, they didn't shoot great from three point land, but they made six. Yeah. And they just, they attempted 17. And again, like you said, a few of those, you know, really burn you in the end at times. My biggest discrepancy stat wise is the free throws. Um, if you look at uh, Ohio State, they got to the line for 29 attempts, made 23 of them. Yeah. Michigan State, even though they shot five of six, that's six attempts from the foul line. Yeah, absolutely. And that's nothing.
1: Especially with a team that's taking to the basket as much as they were, you would expect the refs to give them some calls. I mean, Ohio State got a few fouls because MSU had to foul towards the end. So there's maybe a few more free throws in there than they normally would have had. A couple, but... But still, definitely huge discrepancy, huge variation between the two. And I'm not quite sure why it ended that, that way.
0: I don't know. I know me and Megan, I know we were talking about it in the Penn State game. You know, State got to the line 35 times, 35 attempts, which was great. They made 28 of them in that yeah. game. When you go five or six, you just – and, again, they were making their layups. They weren't missing easy baskets yeah. under the rim. They were doing a bunch of great back cuts, nice passes. Um, you know, again, we, out, we had more assists than Ohio State. Killed them on the boards, outboarded them by yeah. 10 rebounds, uh, 29 to 19. Uh, you know, four blocks. They only had one. Again, turnovers and getting to the foul line, you know, really was the, you know, deciding yeah. factor in this game. It's some bad
1: fouls, yeah, um, absolutely. some really poor fouls of just, uh, you know, moving your feet on screens. A lot uh, of fouls far away from the basket where you don't need to be doing that for sure. And, you know, as far as getting the line, I mean, they were doing everything that they could really to yeah. do that. I can't blame them too much. I mean, if the refs are going to blow the whistle, they're going to blow the whistle. If they're not, they're not. It's true. That's sometimes the way it works.
0: And I think, uh, you know, State, they did a great job of shutting down Jared Sullinger. Uh, Sullinger only had 11 points, but we did get lit up by Buford. Uh, Buford Mm -hmm. played a phenomenal game. The guy couldn't miss 23 points. Uh, He played a great game. And that was something that we had mentioned before. Like, yeah, you know, you want to shut down Sullinger, but you have to worry about that backcourt. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, They have a fantastic backcourt. And, uh, you know, again, uh, I was really more impressed with the game, like you said, with Keebler. Guys Mm -hmm. like Appling, even guys like, you know, Sherman. Just all those guys coming out out there and doing their due diligence uh, in the in the short amount of minutes that they had. And uh, Kaylen Lucas still, uh, you know, did what he could. He played a lot of minutes. Played 36 minutes almost the whole game. 14 points, uh, you know, our leading scorer. Uh, again, Darrell Summers non-existent. Uh, took one field goal attempt. No points. 16 yeah. minutes. The guy had two fouls within the first minute right. and 20 seconds of this game. And he just was non-existent.
1: They put him off. And he's a guy in that game that really would be the guy that we need to guard of Buford. We don't really have that swingman defender guarding a two or a three like that, a bigger one. Um, you know, I mean, you can put Keebler out on him, but Lucas and Appling, they're too small, really, to guard a bigger guy. Not and, without a doubt. And if somebody like Summers, he's really the only guy that we have, you know, uh, Green's not really quick enough to guard that sort of guy. If Summers isn't out there doing his thing. And they have a guy who's lighting it up. And it showed. There's nothing we can do to stop it. It definitely
0: showed. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to move on to the next game. Uh, you know, this game, like we said, it was competitive. It was, uh, it was enjoyable to watch. They weren't embarrassed on national TV, as they have been many a time. Uh, but let's get to the game, which was on... ESPN, college game day came to the Breslin, and it was against the Illinois Fighting Illini. And Michigan State pulled off a nice victory, 61-57 to on Saturday night here at the Breslin at 9 o'clock. Uh, Lucas played a fantastic game, scored 25 points. 17 of those 25 were in the second half of this game. Now, Megan, with your great seats, <laughs> second row behind the Michigan State bench right there. You know, getting your uh, getting your face on ESPN. I those texts. What did you think of the game? You had the best view of anyone, obviously.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, except for the moose hat that kept getting in the way. But um, <laughs> I, I, like I said, um, we talked about before the show. It's and I, as I said against you know um, Ohio State, it's a whole different team. Um, I'm excited. Kaylin Lucas is back. He's been missing for a while. I don't know where his head's been, but he, 25 points, impressive. Um, One thing that really kind of um, shocked me was coming off, you know, uh, Draymond's, you know, double-double or whatever he had, like, he scored five points. Uh Uh-huh. And that's one thing. um, I just think he struggled. I think he just had it off game. Um, Like, I think you said uh, he had a stomach problem
0: yes yeah, so he went under testing uh, after the game and everything he's had a stomach virus they say for the past few days uh, you know he, basically since last Friday or so so uh, you know he wasn't a hundred percent like he had made comments he felt woozy during the game played through it obviously couldn't play up to his potential with you know I mean if anyone's played with a stomach virus it's very difficult obviously to get out there we're not all Michael Jordan and can mm-hmm. put up <laughs> you
1: know, 38 points,
0: 38 but, points yeah. and puking every, every time there's a timeout but uh, yeah no still uh, Spartan shot 42% from the field, uh, got to the foul line, uh, 70%, 23 attempts. Um, the game was very close. It mm-hmm. was close the entire way. Uh, this game was a two-point game with under four minutes left.
2: They were down at the half, too. Uh-huh. They were down a basket at the half. But I wanted to throw something in there, too, is instead of, you know, how many times I've said before in previous shows is I see five guys out there, but that's all I see. I'm starting to see the chemistry. I'm starting to see the team come together. I'm starting to see them work together. I'm starting to see them go down low more. I'm starting to see exactly. them drive the basket more. Take take their threes when they're open rather than, like, I've seen... We were all, like, throwing up our threes out there. Like, oh, they're going to shoot, and then they drive. You know, like, that's good. Like, it's as exciting three as three points are. Um, There's always so better
0: good. shots. I mean, if you're open, you're open, but... Right, yeah.
2: and the other thing was rebounding. We did... Phenomenal with phenomenal. Thirty-seven
0: to twenty-five. It,
2: yeah. I think we did awesome, and I that was one of the best things I know we've we've been on. Jarrell Summers. He second half he had an awesome rebound. Just ran in the middle, jumped in the air, and grabbed it. And I was like, where did he come from? Like <laughs> that's the best thing he's done in a while. Um, but I, I as I said earlier, I, I see a whole different team, and if they can keep this up, you know, <laughs> they're gonna start winning, and they're gonna start winning by considerable margins rather than close games. So, uh huh.
0: Yeah. Now, John, I mean, I know you you didn't catch much of the game, but, you know, with the Spartans, how they've been playing lately, do you see this as a turnaround these next four games? It
1: does seem to be just with the aggressiveness factor, I think, you know, the rebounding bears that out. Um, You know, it's just been a lot more. Everybody's crashing the boards. Everybody's playing a little tougher on defense. You know, in that game, obviously, you know, Lucas uh, just carried the team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nobody else even had double figures. Uh, other than him, but his twenty five points were you know enough, and he was just you know able to get to the basket, do what he wanted to do out there, and then the other guys were able to do what they needed to do on the other side of the court mm-hmm. in adding the boards and in the paint, and that was you know enough to beat an Illinois team that isn't the greatest team in the world but they're still a quality squad.
0: They're still, very, uh, they're still a pretty darn decent group of kids out there in Illinois, and I mean, right now looking at the Big Ten standings, Ohio State is still on top, 12-2 uh, and 2 in the conference. Next is Purdue, Wisconsin, and Illinois and Michigan State are tied at 7-7 and 7 in the conference. Uh, we will be playing our next game tomorrow. It's going to be at Williams Arena, out in Minnesota, which probably got more snow than us. <laughs> and uh, The game will be at uh, 9 o'clock tomorrow evening, and it's should be an interesting game. Uh, Minnesota again, not a slouch. They have been struggling, um, in my opinion, as of late. They're six and eight in the conference. It's a game they need to win as well. Uh, I think Michigan State needs every win down the stretch here. Uh, only four games left, ladies and gentlemen. There's not a lot of time left. Yeah. Like I said, overall this team's 15 and 11. Uh, you know, not good not bad i mean it's right in the middle it's mediocre uh they're playing better basketball as of late i believe that as well as uh, megan's been pointing out i definitely think that uh how do you see them faring uh tomorrow against minnesota megan
2: (sighs) i mean like i said um and you guys have said you know they're a decent team um I think if they keep this up, the aggressiveness, the defense they've been playing—that's one thing I wanted to add. On. He kind of touched on it a little bit. Is they—they're playing better defense than they've played at all this year. Um, you know, they're being aggressive. They're going for the ball. They're rebounding. I think if they keep it up, they keep the aggressiveness up. Like they—they can—they can beat every team the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And-
1: John Tuesday. Tuesday night. It's gonna be it's gonna be a big one. Obviously both these teams really need this win. But uh I like the way MSU's doing it. And uh this is really one of the two games that we have left that can be like a signature type win for us. I mean, you know, we got uh Purdue coming up and that would be the other one. Uh Purdue's playing out of their minds, so this is the one that I think MSU really needs to focus on, getting a quality road win in the big ten against the team that, you know, even though they're not doing exactly what they were predicted to do at the beginning of the season, they're still very good. And I think they're going to be able to pull it off.
0: Yes, um, I think it's going to be a good game as well. Uh, like you said, uh, in, you need a good win on the road. Uh, you know, we beat Minnesota on New Year's Eve. Uh, that was at the Breslin. Uh, you know, a game where we you know, played a sloppy first half, came back, and you know, pulled off a nice victory, victory there uh, with the second half performance. But it's a game that we are going to need our bigs to show up. Uh, the Golden Gophers out there have the best rebounding in the league, best rebounding yeah. in the Big Ten. So we are going to, I know Delvon's bruised up, he's got a bad bone bruise. And, uh, you know, he's, but he's he's been fighting through it. The guy's been playing with a lot of heart, a lot of just, I, I tell you, he's out there trying as hard as he can. He's dealing with the pain as best he can. I hope Draymond recovers from this stomach illness. He went under testing on Sunday. Um, he does
1: have a little stomach virus, but he should probably be in the later stages of that come tomorrow. Hopefully. I mean, he's going to be somebody that we're going to have to rely on in that sort of game. Him and Roe and, you know, any of our big men with Samson and Mbakwe out there, they definitely have some guys that can bang down in the post. Yeah.
0: And like we've just mentioned, the last two games, Ohio State and Illinois, out rebounded by double digits the other team. We got to the boards, crashed, aggressive, very, you know, tenacious. Okay, that's what you're gonna need to do to get wins. Um, again, I mean we out rebounding Illinois the way we did. I don't think that game should have been as close as it was. Uh, personally, in my opinion, I don't think it should have came down to the wire like that. But again, Kalen put the team on his back yeah. and willed us to a victory. Hopefully the rest of the guys can show up and step up for this game on Tuesday. Uh, four games left, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, uh, you know we're going to be playing Purdue here on February 27th at the Breslin. And Purdue just ups- upset Ohio State to hand them their second loss. It's going to be a Sunday game at 1 o'clock. It's going to be a heck of a ball game. And then you have Iowa on March 2nd, Michigan March 5th. That's it. That's the rest of season season and then your Big Ten tournament Uh, we will not get in on this show as to whether they're going to make the tournament or not I'm going to wait till next Monday we'll start talking about that more
1: yeah we got we got important games coming up before we can really make that sort of call yeah two games left
0: then we'll see where they're at we'll start talking about it more probably I see I honestly I believe they'll make the tournament but you know what let's just let things let's let things play out I guess is the best way to put it Uh, but we're gonna move on to the female Michigan State Spartans Uh, the female Michigan State Spartans had a nice win against Illinois Uh, they beat Illinois 69 to 56 to basically clinch a share of the Big Ten title their first since 2005 Uh, great performances by Brittany Thomas and Kalisha Keene Keene scored 27 points Thomas added 19 and Again, these female Spartans are rolling twenty four and three overall, twelve and two in the Big Ten. They have a game and a half lead right now on Penn State, and they and right now they can secure the outright title. If they beat Ohio State on Thursday, and they've guaranteed themselves a top seed in the Big Ten tournament. Um, I just want to congratulate, again, the female team. They're playing fantastic basketball, as we discussed last week. I know they don't get as much credit, as much publicity as they deserve, but they are playing fantastic basketball, and I just want to congratulate them right now.
1: Yeah, they deserve it, absolutely. Susie Mershon always puts a quality program out there, and uh, you know they've been been pretty good for years, and uh, this is... uh You know, definitely a great season for them. We can, we'll see how they are managing in the uh, NCAA tournament once they get up against some of maybe these uh, Yukons and Baylor's and other guys. We'll
0: see. We'll see, but they they're playing great basketball. I just want to congratulate the women's team for how they've been playing. It's nice to see. Uh, we are. Gonna, I just want to tell you guys right now the top five in the USA in the USA Today coaches poll. Number one has changed. It is Duke. Duke received 19 of the possible 31 first place votes. They have jumped to number one. Kansas is two now. Ohio State three. San Diego State number four, and Texas five. Uh, this is the first time since 2003 that the top four teams lost. Has not happened in over in eight years. Uh, it's been a long time since that happened. But you know, new top five. It changes every week.
1: Yeah, yeah. These teams on top, they just cannot. They can't stay there. Seems like every week the number one team goes down. The number two team goes down. Yeah,
0: Pitt lost to St. John's, you know, uh, you know, one point loss, which was a, you know, probably the biggest loss of the weekend. Nebraska beat Texas, which was number two at the time, and Kansas lost to K State. Um, you know, a lot of losses there, and obviously, you know, you don't want to forget about Ohio State losing to Purdue uh, on Sunday. But um, that is your top five, and we're going to move on to the Detroit Tigers. It's a topic that I've wanted to talk about ever since the story broke last week. Uh, Miguel Cabrera was arrested on a DUI charge out in Florida on Thursday. Uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, whatever you want to call it, he was arrested for allegedly drinking and driving, of course we can 't just you know inc- you know say he was we don 't know. But we can assume <laughs> um, there's, there's, some there's some evidence for that. The man was, you know, swinging bottles, swinging some whiskey in front of the cop on the side of the road. The man had to get kneed in the thigh three to four times to get him into the cop car. He was belligerent. He was saying all those classic comments: "Do you know who I am? Do you know my problems? Blah blah blah." Okay, real fast. I want to ask the audience a question. What are your thoughts on Cabrera getting arrested and how the organization has handled it so far? Give me a call: five one seven four three two. Two, three, eight, nine, three. now megan with this whole situation this whole story that broke everything always breaks after our show
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> i know but this is wednesday this
0: was like wednesday and it's always after our show but mm-hmm. we this is still a very very relevant topic uh what do you think of the whole situation
2: i mean as all, as always but you know something like this is always embarrassing um for you know a place and I I I think the way they're handling it, like I you said they're being pretty tight lipped about it. They're not saying much. I know he's going for evaluation, which is probably what should happen. Um I think it's just, it's a huge deal. Obviously, it's a huge deal because he's a pro player. Um, but at the same time, he had problems with drinking last year. And then he said he'd quit. And he was never happier, never better, doing great. I know I heard something about how he hit his wife or something like that. He
0: was, uh, yeah. I mean, basically, you know, he got into a domestic uh, dispute with his wife, uh, you know, after drinking too much, got right. taken to the drunk tank, blah, blah, blah. We all know about him boozing it up the day before the game against Minnesota last year to, you know, the playing <laughs> game to try and get into the playoffs and after that, like you said, uh, people, th- you know, the organization thought he was better, thought he had cleaned his act up. He said he was a new person, reborn, all that fun words that you can say that you just, you know, placate the media with. Yep. But, I mean, do you see this as an ongoing problem? Because right now he has not reported to spring training. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dombrowski has said that they're still, like you said, evaluating uh, whether this, whether he needs to go to a rehab facility, whether he needs to miss more time. Um, Johnny, how should they handle this?
1: Well, you know, you got to do what's best for him. If it's really something that's a big problem, then, you know, get him right before you bring him in. Send him to rehab for a few weeks if that's what you need to do. This is a guy who knows how to hit. He knows how to play baseball. If he misses a little bit of spring training, it's not going to affect him that much. I mean, this is a guy who's you know been out boozing and and you know carousing out there the night before you know important games. They're still coming out and getting hit. So I think if he misses a couple of weeks because he's in he's in a you know a, a rehab center, it's going to be all right. It's it's interesting the way that they have handled it. I mean, immediately right afterwards, um, Jim Leland came out and said that it wasn't a big deal, that it was really just a sensationalized media story and it wasn't going to affect the team. And that's the thing that the manager needs to say, definitely. I mean, regardless of where Cabrera is, if he's there or not, Leland's got the rest of the team to worry about. So he's got to make sure that those guys got their heads on right. No, definitely. And he does, and I mean, I think – I think
0: Leland has made a lot of these comments and uh, your comments about that or comments about he, him saying, you know, he was quoted as saying today that he thinks, you know, Justin Verlander is going to have a 20-win season mm-hmm. and that he will consistently get these 20-win seasons and blah, blah, this, that. I think a lot of it's trying to distract away from the Cabrera situation, uh, trying to keep as tight-lipped about it as possible. Um, whether he, Even like Dembrowski and Leland, I don't even know whether legality-wise, if they can't talk a lot about the situation due to their still being an investigation about it cuz when they showed up he was not even in his vehicle he was yeah. standing outside his vehicle you know drinking right. the whiskey there's a lot of you know little specific he could get let off of this there's... but you never know
1: we'll see i mean uh, the the main thing though is Regardless of whether he was driving the car or not He was definitely not the sort of thing You should be doing right before the beginning of spring training He was, yeah, And you... everything that was you know, Said about him before He was working out with Ordonez and a couple other guys this, this season he was supposed to be in the best shape of his life I don't think that this is something That had been going on all winter I think that it might have been just a one time Sort of incident and we saw that with Josh Hamilton. He, he did that. He had his relapse and came out and won the MVP.
0: That's true. And that's actually a good point. And this is what I want to ask. And Megan, I want to ask you and just our audience in general, for someone that we can't, we can only speculate whether he has an alcohol problem, whether he has, you know, he's that he deals with alcoholism. I guess the question is, do you think that was, that's the first time he fell off the wagon, that he had been clean for months and months and months, and then one time he gets boozed up. Has his car break down and just becomes a spectacle on the side of the road? Do you think that you think that was the first time he re- fell off the wagon again? No, I don't.
1: Okay, I actually don't. I don't think it was the yeah. first time, but I don't think that it was the sort of thing that was going on every night or every okay. other night or very frequently. I mean, it probably had happened a couple other times, and maybe not to that sort of extreme, you know, but I, I don't think that that was the first drink that he had had, you know, since <laughs> since the incident a couple of years ago or whatever.
0: No, definitely not. And yeah, you know what? That's the thing. He is a star athlete, and you know what? He'll get a pass, and I'll give him a pass. Uh, the point being is that I need want him to get healthy. I want him to get better. I want him to take care of this issue, and... Let's be honest, if he comes back and he does what he usually does, 35 home runs, 128 RBIs, bats 340, 330, and then come next, uh, you know, December, he's boozed up again, everyone will forgive him again. Yeah, absolutely.
1: That's, That's what it is. If he's in that opening day lineup and he's out there, you know, smack him out of the park doing his thing then that's really all that we can ask for him as a fan, you know. He's got to deal with his personal issues as, you know, an individual private human being, Mm -hmm. not as a public figure.
0: Now, Megan, you had brought up a point, and uh, I want to go back to it. You said, you know, obviously, you know, it looks bad. Yeah. Do you think it looks bad On the city or do you think it just looks Bad on the team or like In what way I mean obviously it looks bad If any guy in their organization has some Kind of domestic violence issue or Gets arrested for whatever you know whatever Mm -hmm. you say But do you think it looks bad for Detroit at all
2: you know, that's an interesting point just because um, I, earlier today I was on YouTube and I was watching. I don't know why I thought of this. I was watching um, the Detroit Pistons uh, brawl back from um, a yeah, few, year, few years back, yeah, 04, um, with Ron, Ron Artest and everything. And I was reading the comments underneath it and they said, All these Detroit people don't deserve jobs. This is why you guys are all out, like you guys are a bunch of idiots, that Jeez. kind of thing. And it's because of, you know, something that started with. Like players mm-hmm. And because of that It turned into We were the bad people It does I mean It depends on the person I want to say It looks more bad For the organization As you know As a person from Michigan Yes But if you're looking Outside of Michigan at other places People will be like Oh Detroit You know They have all these people There's this thing With the Pistons Back in the day There's this thing With the Tigers You know You look at Michigan State You have um, The whole thing With Chris Al Rucker like, mm-hmm. like They're everywhere And everyone's gonna be like Michigan You know They're so They're so all over Like they don't know What they're doing they're full of a bunch just of can't handle themselves. dummies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it, it it does. I mean, it it'll it just it all depends on the person. Me personally, it probably just looks bad for the organization, especially um if they don't take this problem. And deal with it now Mm -hmm. rather than put it off.
0: Okay, yeah,
2: you know what I mean. If they if they wait like he said, if he needs help, obviously he does need to go, and he needs to go now because we're in spring training rather than in regular season. If we lose him in regular season to going to rehab, that's going to be detrimental to our team. I feel like.
0: Yeah, and I don't see that happening. I mean, if he needs rehab, they'll send him to rehab within the next few days, and it'll all be he'll go there this week. Uh, But to you, John, is it a black eye on Detroit in any way? Because I don't believe it is. I don't. I think that's a very over. That's an overly stated thing that, I mean, this is a single player. Yeah. This is not a brawl. This is yeah. not the melee that happened at the Palace. That's yeah. a whole different ball, you know, ball of
1: wax. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That was fans getting involved. That was actual Detroiters. This didn't even happen in Detroit. It didn't happen, happen in, in Florida. It happened happen in, in Lakeland. Yes. You know, I mean, plenty of teams have had plenty of guys get DUIs. That doesn't mean that their city or their state is, you know, a bad city or state for that sort of thing. I mean, you had the Pacers. You had, uh, those guys, you know, jumping in the stands, punching people out. Steven Jackson shooting guns off out in Indianapolis down there. That doesn't mean that Indianapolis is a thug city. Yeah. It just means that there, there was a guy on that team who made some bad choices. And I think that's really all this.
0: No, definitely. And uh, just, yeah, I mean, alcoholism is a serious thing. It's a, you know, it, it is a disease. Um, it's something that's very tough to deal with. I think we all know someone either from our extended family, friends, people that people have dealt with this. Um, it's not something that is ever fixed overnight. A Guy can be clean for years and years. And you know what? You can fall off and have to get, you know, get back getting clean and sober. It's a tough thing to deal with. I just hope with, I mean, you know, this guy's making $23 million a year. We signed it to an, a, a crazy big contract, which he deserves for being, you know, one of the best players in the league you just hope he gets better he comes here with a clear head and is ready for this season this is this this is the year for the tigers to win this division they've they've gotten ready to do it now and win it this year they need to be just everyone in everyone ready to go and uh, real fast, some news: The Tigers have signed six uh, players to contracts for the 2011 season. Which now they have 31 players on the club out of their 40-man roster under contract. The Tigers have signed right-handed pitcher Robbie Weinhart, left-handed pitchers Andy Oliver, Daniel Schlereth, and Brad Thomas, and also infielders Kale Lorg and Will Rhymes. So,
1: hey, Will Rhymes, I love that
0: guy. Yep, Mighty Mouse is back. And, uh, you know, I've always liked uh, Daniel Schlereth. Brad. It's some good it's some good guys to get, get back in the bullpen. Exactly, get the bullpen going again. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. But before that, I want to pose a question. Fighting in hockey, do you like it? Do you not like it? Should the league clamp down on fights more? Severe penalties? What do you think of that? 517-432-3893. We're going to be talking about it when we get back. But now a quick break. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on eighty nine eighty eight point nine WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to...
1: Impact Exposure.
2: For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang twang. brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on... Impact
1: primetime, Primetime. You wouldn't send a text while using a chainsaw. Check out these pics of this huge tree falling. Oh! You probably wouldn't text while scuba diving. And you
2: definitely wouldn't send a text while making out. You are so smoking hot. I love your elbows. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Huh? I need to send this. i I'm, like, totally kissing him right now.
1: Dude, what the f***? So why would you send a text while
0: driving?
2: Well, that's
1: different. That's what about 6,000 people who died last year said. Oh. And now, it's illegal in Michigan to read, type, or send any text from your phone while driving. It's a $100 fine for the first offense and $200 after that. Ouch. Check out Michigan House Bill 4394. Be a part of the solution and save a life. And seriously,
2: put the phone away while you're making out. You need help! 88.9 The impact. Now back to
0: Impact Exposure. exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on Impact Exposure. Um, before the break, I mentioned the question to our listeners. What do you think about fighting in hockey? And uh, I bring that up because of the brawl that took place on February 11th uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Islanders. I get it, guys. It was 10 days ago, but we didn't talk about it last yeah. show. And it, it's still, it doesn't matter. It's still relevant. It's still relative to just the, the topic in general. Um, you know, fighting in hockey, um, this, you know, this brawl that took place on February 11th, consisted of ten Jackson ejections, twenty misconducts, three hundred and forty six penalty minutes. Um, you know, after that suspensions uh for uh, four different players. Uh Johnny, uh, you know, you saw the highlights of yeah. this brawl. You know, what are your thoughts, A, on that brawl, and B, just fighting in hockey in general? Should they get rid of it? Should they uh, you know, uh police it better? Um what do you think?
1: Well, you know, I mean, that brawl was obviously it was ridiculous. This is the sort of thing that happens maybe once a year, once every couple of years. You get these sort of games that just devolve into, you know, just absolute yeah, a brawl is really the only way to put it. There wasn't a hockey game there. You know, it was just guys fighting on ice, and uh, and that sort of thing. That's out of the question. Does not need to happen. There's there's no reason for that. There's no place for that in hockey. But fighting in general has been a part of the sport since it began, and it's always been something that allows the players to sort of police themselves. You know, there's a lot of cheap shots that happen out there, and the league's doing its best to try to top those, The you know, the hits to the head or the blindside hits that you see that have, you know, ended people's careers. Yep. Um, but there's nothing like knowing that if you do something like that, the big bruiser is going to come and, you know, pick on you a little bit later on. You're going to have to drop the gloves to, you know, protect yourself. That's the sort of thing that, you know, can keep guys from doing that kind of thing. If the league tries to stop that sort of stuff, then, you know, that sort of motivation just goes away.
0: hmm Megan, hockey and fighting, I mean, do you like it?
2: Well, yeah. Is it something
0: that's exciting to you?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I was on YouTube again earlier, and there's a 17-minute video about the Islanders' um, penguins' uh, fights. And I sat there and watched the whole entire thing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, should they, you know, watch over a little more? No. I think there's some fights they break up a little too early. Um... That game, like he said, uh, it was a little out of hand. It was a little ridiculous. Um, I guess they had a lot of a lot of beef with each other, though. Yeah, it um,
0: goes back to the last time they played about a week and a half before. Right.
2: And I, I I honestly like it, and I think it's very appealing even to hockey fans. They're like, oh, yeah, fight, and they get all into it. Well, too, they love it. And they'll sit there and yell from the sidelines or the side, you know, um, and everything like that. And I, I don't think they should get rid of it. I think it's awesome. I think it's really cool, and I think a lot of people like it.
1: No, definitely. It, it definitely is that. I mean, you know, everybody is just naturally, instinctually drawn to a fight, you know, mm-hmm. and you see it that. That's something that, you know, people who aren't hockey fans, we'll you know, see, they see yeah. that and they'll, they'll watch the Sports Center highlights and right. be like, yeah, get them, you know. And that's the sort of thing that can draw some, some people into the sport, which is something that hockey needs right now. Just to,
2: just to throw something in there, too. I know we're getting to NASCAR a little bit later, but it's like people watch NASCAR for the crashes. People watch exactly. hockey for the fights. Yeah. It's like one of those kind of things. Definitely.
0: And I think you brought up a good point point john the fact that with fighting a if you ever got rid of it you're gonna lose fans regardless yeah the purest of the sport that have been you know people my father's age mm-hmm. or people that have been watching it their whole lives that grew up in the day where fu- fighting is not like you said you get a brawl a year maybe yeah it's you rarely see fights In the league And maybe rarely is not the right word But it's not close to as frequent as it was 20 years ago When you had guys like Probert and Ty Domi And a million guys under the sun Going at it And you went to the game knowing That these two guys were going to get in a fight
1: Yeah, hockey used to be You had these guys who were goons And they were just out there for that You can't do that anymore You got to have all your lines with people who can skate and score and do things And so that gets rid of these bruisers Who are just out there for that And that's the good thing you don 't want to have too much, but have it in the sport. Leave it in there,
0: well, yeah, I think you need it in there. You brought up the point about them policing themselves. You take fighting out of this game what you 're going to get, and I know Don Sherry has brought this up, who you know was on you know Canadian uh, the broadcasting Channel for the hockey games um, you 're going to have a lot of bad slashes you 're going to have guys taking hacks at each other with yeah. the, the wrists and I trust me, they do that kind of stuff already to a degree, but if they can 't throw the gloves off and get into a, and get into a fight. You're going to see, I think, a lot more cheap shots, yeah. a lot more shots to the head. And, yeah, you know what? Guys are going to get suspended. But guys guys don't have career-ending
1: injuries because of a fight usually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was the point I was just about to make. It's a lot more dangerous with that sort of stuff. Yes,
0: yeah, so you can completely – I mean, you can shatter a guy's wrist, hand, knock him out for a whole year. Okay, lots of lots of stuff, lots of dirty hits. I mean, and listen, I love Bertuzzi, but, again, a, a yep. punch to the back of the head, not in a
1: fight. Yeah. paralyzed. Exactly. And then you know, it's it's to make an analogy to another sport. It's like in baseball, you you see these, you know, bench clearing brawls every once in a while they get out and push each other around and, you know, kick dirt at each other or whatever and people get all <laughs> upset about that. But then they don't get upset about the, you know, they getting mad at each other and, and beating guys, which is by far way more dangerous way more than dangerous. Throwing a ball 100 miles an hour at someone like that.
0: No, without a doubt. And uh, you know, I think uh hockey needs fighting.
2: I, think, I it, think fighting is a part of hockey. It like is. Like you take you take fighting out, you're losing a piece of hockey. Like
0: you're losing okay. fans and you're losing casual fans. I mean, I heard uh, someone brought up a great point that you hadn't seen hockey on ESPN more in a year since this this brawl. It was peppered yeah. on ESPN. It was on around the horn. It was on PTI. It was on outside the lines. It was on every show under the sun. And <laughs> people that just don't care about hockey were exposed to it. Yeah. ESPN does not care about hockey okay right. they don't it's a, it's something that they don't talk about until it comes playoff time or whether it involves you know Crosby or Ovechkin but this fight this brawl got people at least somewhat a up- uh, apparent to what goes on at times in this sport and how this sport you know what can be exciting it did get out of hand the brawl was way out of hand okay Trevor Gillius, he was suspended for nine games for delivering a blow to the head and then several punches to Penguins Eric Greeny and he was injured actually a little bit by Gillius' actions because they were cheap shots blind blindside punches right. basically uh, Matt Martin he was suspended for four games for delivering uh, a bunch of pu- uh, punches to Max Talbot again he did not know these punches were coming that's why he was suspended Eric Goddard he was suspended ten games because he got off the bench. You can't get off the bench in a brawl. Not allowed. And okay. You got the
2: hockey involved, or the not the hockey, the goalie involved in it too. Yeah,
0: Johnson <laughs> skated out a little bit, and obviously Haley, like the guy, like the way he is, yeah. just skates out. And see, I don't agree with that. I never think that a position player ever should get involved with a goalie. No, that's it. That's it's. I, better, I think right? it's um, it's bush league. And you that, know, and in that, a way to put that, it,
1: that was really one of the things that I think probably escalated it to the point where it got to. And if, well a lot of things that you know people don 't really realize about fighting hockey is that they 're a lot more sort of almost gentlemanly than you might think that they are there's definitely somewhere there 's just bad blood and uh you know they the two guys hate each other and want to go at it. but you see a lot of them and uh one of my favorite examples they had uh old guy George LaRock, who was definitely one of the big fighters, was uh miked up for a game one time and he got into a fight and they showed the footage of him uh, right before the fight looks over at the guy and says, well, you about ready to go? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I think we can go. He says, best of luck to you. And they drop the gloves and go at it. I mean, that's just, that's kind of almost awesome in a way. It, definitely, you know, no animosity. They just knew that it had to happen. No, exactly. And I mean, you, you even saw some of that, um, not in this entire brawl,
0: but you saw some of that in this brawl with guys just, you know, holding each other and like, all right, you're done? Yeah. All right, we're done, <laughs> yep. and you just walk away, and you, know, you skate off like they knew it was done. We're done. No more cheap, no cheap shots. Yeah. You had a blows. It's over. A
2: lot um, of it was them like, pushing around each other too. They're yeah. just kind of going in circles, holding on to each other's jerseys. One would fall over, the other one sit on him, and then be like, "All right, let's go." And let's that's the thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, in, in most fights, anyhow, if these guys get to the ice, the refs jump right on them. Yeah. There's no punching and fighting when they're on the ground. They're not gramped. This isn't you know MMA. Okay, yeah. if they go to the ground. The fight's broken up. The exactly. fight's done. Okay, because that's actually one of the more dangerous things with fights and brawl are the guys that get on the ground and take an escape blade to, you know, the neck. Take an escape blade to your wrist. Okay, That's the real danger of when you get this many guys fighting. That's the scary thing. Fighting needs to stay in hockey. I know some people don't agree with that. I'm sorry. Then you're not a true hockey fan. I'm sorry. Fighting is a very, very important thing to this game. Without it, I think we've already said it, you're going to see a lot of cheap shots and a lot of different ways these guys feel like getting revenge for, you know, just going after certain guys, yep. I don't like it. Uh, the league always, not the league, but people always seem to freak out when you see a brawl like this. But who can't forget that? I mean, look at the Wings brawl back in the, with Colorado back in yeah. 1998. Yeah, yeah. Excitement, exactly. You'll know one We it, still talk about it to this day. It was 13 it years ago.
1: Fueled <laughs> fire for that rivalry. It did, and then it led to some great hockey. I mean, you know, not just fighting, but you know, real good hockey on the ice. You know, in play. No, great hockey,
0: obviously, you don't wanna brawl every you know every you know month, right. but at the same time, just knowing that these guys they just really hate each other, yeah. and that's exciting, and that's good. Now um, uh, let's move on, though, to uh, just a uh, quick, quick little talk about the Red Wings. Uh, the Red Wings are playing uh, great hockey right now. They won their fifth in a row this uh, Sunday against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, they won in a shootout, two to one. Uh, they also beat the Florida Panthers four to three on Friday evening and beat the Tampa Bay Lightning on Thursday, six to two. Yeah. Um, they've been playing phenomenal hockey as of late. Uh, Todd Bertuzzi uh, scored a goal in the shootout in his thousandth. Career NHL game. Uh congratulations to Bertuzzi. Yeah. Guy's been playing phenomenal. Scored like six
1: goals in his past yeah. four or five games. He's been playing out of his mind. Uh, Pavel Datsuk has as well since he got back. And that's why the wings are playing better, is you know, getting Datsuk, getting Cleary back, getting Brad Stewart back. I hear Madonna's supposed to be making his uh debut. They're saying on the twenty sixth. Yep. So that should be awesome. And, and once we get all these guys healthy, you know, it's uh, good chance we can make a run at uh, vancouver for the number one spot
0: yeah uh this team is only five points back of vancouver right now uh detroit sits with uh, 80 points uh, i believe uh vancouver at 85 and the wings are 10 points now ahead of nashville uh, on top of the central division uh the wings are playing great hockey um again they've gotten healthy yeah. and they're just playing good uh jimmy howard and Joey mcdonald both of them uh playing very well uh, a lot of good saves just you know uh I, I, what can I say? They're just playing good hockey. I
1: guess it's the only way you can put it. They're firing all cylinders right now. I mean, there's not really any aspect of the game you can really knock at this point in time.
0: No, not really at all. And again, yeah, Bertuzzi, uh, you know, thousandth NHL game wearing the winged wheel. Which yep. is uh pretty cool. Uh, there's not a ton of guys uh, that list from a thousand up. Only goes to about twenty guys ever, yeah. and uh, it's a nice achievement. Todd uh, Dob- Bertuzzi. I know we had mentioned him earlier with the fighting. He did um you know unfortunately ex- you know paralyzed a guy accidentally yeah. four years ago, and uh, but you know he's came back in the league, changed his image mm-hmm. around, and uh, playing really good hockey for us. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, very good to see, uh but. Uh, Keep it up, Red Wings. Uh, You know, not too many games left. The team, you know, their season ends on April uh, 10th. So the season is really kind of coming down to a close. So nice to see the Wings maybe make that final push at getting the number one spot on the Western Conference. But we will move on to the All-Star Game weekend festivities and the Pistons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, so the Detroit Pistons... Only have one guy in the all star game it was Greg Monroe in the rookie and sophomore game, other than that you didn 't see any Detroit pistons no, they did uh, not this make weekend appearances they did not as they shouldn 't uh, i 'm sorry Greg Monroe is the only one deserved of actually being out there for uh, all star weekend yeah. but um NBA da- uh, commissioner David Stern um, has said that um, he 's going that he caught up with uh, you know mr Tom Gore's uh, this Sunday and Car Davidson They were spotted together uh, you know during uh, the all star game festivities out there in l a uh, you know they said sat down in their suite together. They talked about, you know, what's going on with this. And uh, basically, the negotiation periods have been extended 14 days. And actually, from what David Stern has been saying, it seems like a deal is imminent, which means that, honestly, by the end of this week, we should get uh, confirmation on this team being sold. Uh, Right now, the only thing that is holding it back a little bit is the price, uh, obviously, but they're getting very close. Yeah, I I see no reason why this should fall through. I, I I can't see, honestly, any legitimate reason why this deal somehow could implode. But it looks like it's getting down to it. Uh, very good to see. Uh, very happy to see that all these people were together out there at this All-Star game. That's a great sign. And, um,
1: I mean, I don't know. What do you think, John? I, mean, I, I think it's awesome. I mean, you know, this team needs to be bought. We need to have an owner so that we, you know— Just to let Dumars be free to do what he needs to do. He's been hampered a little bit by not having an owner there with so many question marks. And, uh, yeah, it does sound like they're just hammering out the final details, trying to bring those numbers together. And they're, they're real close. Yeah, I don't see any reason why this would fall through at all.
0: No, not at all. Uh, I see, again, no reason this deal should fall through. It's getting very close to being done, and it's important. The trade deadline is February 24th. It's Thursday. Um, and that does not give a lot of time for Dumars to move a guy like Rip Hamilton or even Tayshon Prince mm-hmm. if he felt so inclined. So hopefully this deal can get done before then, and maybe if the deal's right, Dumars can make something happen. But uh, now, Megan, did you catch any of this uh, NBA All-Star game yesterday?
2: No. I didn't um, I don't even know What time it was on I'll be honest
0: no, I, It was like Started at like 8 or something uh, Like that 8.30 no, I
2: was doing homework I was being a good student uh. I was you know Watching the NASCAR race For like five hours uh, <laughs> Of like... course
0: And we'll get to that In one second Definitely <laughs>
2: Yeah but no I actually did not Catch any of it And I know you I was texting you During the Pist- Not the Pistons The MSU game on Saturday And you are watching The um, dunk contest Weren't you A three point contest Yeah
0: I was watching Yeah we were watching The skills competition The three point contest And the dunk contest And, and which, I missed
2: that too Because I was at the, the Yeah Spartan Game so <laughs> Under, yeah,
0: You know I would, I would If I had tickets like yours Seats like that I would have went to the game Over watching this You can always see Highlights of this stuff Right yeah. But um, yeah, no. The All Star Game. We'll get into the competitions in a second. But the All Star Game between East and West took place last night out there in L.A. And the East won one forty eight to one. uh, I'm sorry, the West won one forty eight to one forty three. Kobe Bryant finished with thirty seven points, fourteen rebounds, and won his fourth All Star Game MVP award. Uh, Kobe Bryant played phenomenally. Again,
1: why he is the best player in the league. Okay, I I think he felt he had something to prove. I mean, there's been a lot of question marks. Are his knees holding up? You know, is he the same player that he once was? Was well, he came out and he showed it against the best players in the league. You know, last night.
0: No, exactly. And uh, LeBron James, I mean, you know, he had a fantastic game too. Triple double, twenty nine points, twelve boards, ten assists. Mari Stoudemire put in twenty nine points as well. But uh, here's a quote from Kobe Bryant. He says, "quote I feel like we have a sense of responsibility, and we are voting in what we are doing during the season, which is to play hard. And we come in here, and that's what the fans want to see." Quote, they want to see us go out out there and see us compete, and that's what I try to do, and that's what I try to tell my teammates to do. End quote. And that's exactly it. He was in front of his home crowd, his people. And he showed off. He wanted to let them know exactly, hey, I'm still the best guy out here. I might be old or getting there, but I'm still the best guy out there. And, uh, no, I mean, very fast-paced game. Obviously, many All-Star games are. Um, It was incredibly fast-paced. Um, You know, just always exciting. I mean, especially around L.A., a lot of stars. I always think All-Star Weekend's a lot of fun. Um, Just a lot of festivities, a lot of cool stuff to see.
1: NBA knows how to do that sort of stuff, right? And, you know, it is always a fun game, and as long as you're not, like, uh, super worried about fundamentals or defense, it's definitely flashy and fun to watch these guys throwing alley-oops, you know, throwing down every jam they can think of.
0: No, definitely. And, uh, you know, real fast skills competition winner was Stephen Curry. Uh, Stephen Curry uh, did a real good job uh, and got that little girl a $30,000 scholarship, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. I wish I could have had that. (laughs) Uh, But, no, uh, Stephen Curry won the skills competition competition uh James Jones won the three point competition uh Ray Allen could not get it done but not quite not quite just, just a little short just a little short but hey Ray Allen not going to knock this guy. All-time three-point leader. And let's get to dunk contest for a quick minute before we get to Daytona. Um, The dunk contest, uh, we watched it, John. Blake Griffin won it, jumping over a car. Yeah. Wow. Not that exciting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What did you think of the dunk contest, John? Um,
1: You know, I mean, I don't think the right guy won, but I don't really care that much because they brought the excitement back. There were, you know, some new original dunks he'd never seen before. Uh, and just people seem to be really excited about this going into it because of Blake Griffin, but it was the other guys who really showed up. Serge Ibaka. Did the full free throw line dunk, you know, and you've almost never seen that one. Second before. best dunk of the night, in my opinion. Yeah. And JaVale McGee with his uh, two handed jam on two different hoops. That was th- the best dunk of the that night. That was an amazing dunk. I mean, there's probably only 10 or 15 people in the world, you know, with the wingspan and leafing ability who could ever do that sort of thing. And just to come up with that, to come up with the triple dunk that he did. It, you know, DeMar DeRozan had a couple of really nice ones, too. He did. Uh, they, they went all out, and it wasn't the same sort of boring uh, been there, done that kind of attitude that I think they've had in the past in the past few years with the dunk contest. No, I
0: completely agree. I, I thought the dunk contest was very good. I was not exactly happy with uh, the point scoring. I, yeah. The fact that Ibaka gets forty-five points for a free throw line dunk on his first attempt yeah, absolutely. is ridiculous. He was further back than Dr. J when he did it because yeah, you know we saw the highlights yeah. of it without a doubt. Ibaka, I think, got kind of screwed over. I think it was almost preordained to have Blake Griffin win this. Uh,
1: I think it was and that's why I'm not like too upset about it. I mean, you know, people saw what they saw and they know, you know, that who who was really doing the good dunks out there. And you know, it doesn't really matter. The the important thing is to be entertaining and fun and you know, do it for the fans. And they did that.
0: Well they definitely did that and I know we were talking about it too. I thought he might jump over the
1: the hood. Yeah. He, he jumped, I mean, not the hood,
0: the, the top of the car. He jumped over just you know the hood and you know on the front, right? Which is impressive,
1: but yeah, not. You could put a chair out there and do the same thing or something like that. Yeah, it, I don't know. It, I mean, it, you know, eh. it wasn't. But up until that point, it was great, and then they got a little bit too flashy and too much theatrical. Well, you got the whole Crenshaw choir
0: out there, and it's just I mean. Yeah it, it, Like you said They brought it back It was exciting uh, It's not like You know You can ever yeah, think The, it the voting like too is Too sub- picky you know. Yeah It was it was good at, You know Everyone that was involved In it actually had A number of good dunks It wasn't just one guy yeah. Or just even like You know Just three good dunks You can think about I can think of a handful Of good dunks um, It was exciting And it was good Hopefully it looks like uh, The dunk contest Is kind of getting back To where it once was And Blake Griffin's Best dunk Probably actually was His Vince Carter uh, You know
1: Dunk Putting his hand Through the ring Putting his arm through that the, was, you know, doing the Vince Carter. impressive, throwing it off the backboard like he did, definitely. Saw his arm afterwards with a big red mark from the rim. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool. That was a cool dunk, but uh, we're going to get past the dunk contest and get to something that
0: Megan <laughs> watched the entire thing of. She watched the Daytona 500, which, which took place, yep. excuse me, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, uh, I honestly, I did not see the race. Um, I would have liked to see it, but I could not watch it at the time. I was busy. But uh, Trevor Bain who had turned 20 years old the day before this race He won the Daytona 500 mm-hmm. And uh, Megan Since you watched the whole darn thing <laughs> Give us some insight
2: um, I mean they, they broke a couple of records uh, They had 74 lead changes Unheard of before this um, I think I just counted 16 cautions mm-hmm. um, Ridiculous Made the race a lot longer than it should have been yeah, it, was about, a, it was about a half a minute short of being 4 hours long um, I think it started at about one. Yeah, I watched it until five right. o'clock at night. Um, I mean, they had they had a seventeen car uh, you know accident which took out a bunch of uh, veteran racers. It took out Jeff Gordon who ended up finishing I don't even know twenty eighth. Um, probably a lot worse than he should have. Oh yeah. Um, it's it and I mean they had thirteen out for good. Three of them with engine problems. Um, I mean, it was it was an insane race. I would have never saw a kid who was younger than I am, and I'm a junior in college, you know, actually come out and win this race. And it says he won um, almost like $1.5 million. Yeah. And I mean, I wish I could say that for myself. I wish I could say, you know, I could be a NASCAR racer Absolutely and win $1.5 yeah, million. <laughs> <laughs> dollars. Um, it was really awesome, though. I mean, you had like the Bush brothers in there who were also very, very young, very good racers. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was just, you, They, I do not even know what happened. It was so... It was all over the place Even the announcers were like What is going on? All the veterans were out It was all the rookies All the younger, younger guys in it And it was I, it, I was texting my friend He goes Well that was random And um <laughs> I, the cool thing about NASCAR, though, is this is the beginning of the season. And the Daytona 500 is, like, the biggest race for NASCAR fans. It is. They stand that way, and they go from there. You look at football, you know, like, the Super Bowls at the end of the season, and then you have, like, the World Series at the end of the season, and, like, this is the big race for NASCAR Yeah, this races. is
0: their World Series.
2: Yeah, and I, it was... It was, a really, it was really cool I'm, I'm not one to sit here and say I'm excited, I'm a huge NASCAR fan I'm going to start driving everywhere But it was, it was actually the first time I've sat down And watched a NASCAR race All the way through I usually get a couple laps and I go Wow, they're turning left, cool yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna go do something else now. And it was cool. It was really interesting. There was a lot of accidents. You know, like we said, hockey. You know, uh, the fighting is the cool part. Yeah, I love watching accidents. And yeah. the one thing about I didn't I didn't say about today's race. I was really rooting for Dale Earnhardt Jr. I'm a big '88 fan over here. Um, it was Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s 10th the 10th anniversary of his death. Mm-hmm. Um, final race in the race uh, 10 years ago. He. Um, or the final lap, he crashed like right before the checkered flag, um, and died. And so I was all for him. They they took a moment of silence in the third lap, pulled up the number three because that's the cu- the number he was, his mm-hmm. car number. And it was kind of it was kind of a cool thing, you know. Like we were all talking, and then we all saw it happening. and We all just kind of sat there and watched it. And it was it was a very memorable race. Um, they were saying that was going to be the race that everyone started moving on from Dale Earnhardt's death. They said up until then, it's always been in, in the back of people's minds. Yeah. and um, I mean, everyone knows who De- the, the Earnharts are. If course, you don't know yeah. NASCAR, everyone knows the Earnharts at well, least. You see them in
1: Wrangler commercials, right. and, and this and that, definitely. I if mean, you don't know, know Jeff Gordon,
2: you know you know the Earnharts. Yeah. Like, and it was it was interesting. It was really cool, and it was definitely something something I'll keep checking out. You know, for the next for the rest of the season.
1: And a question that I want to ask, um, you know, since you watched this and you were in the spectacle and it was a big mm-hmm. race. Does it hurt NASCAR at all? Do you think to have their biggest event of the year right at the beginning instead of at the end with a build up to it, the way that other sports have it, or do you think it might bring people in?
2: Um, I think it would depend. Um, I mean, NASCAR fans. If you're a true NASCAR fan, you're watching all season. Oh, of course. Um, if you're if you're not, and you know the 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 Daytona 500 is the big thing, I'm sure it hurts in a way. Um, but it just depends on like the person you're looking at. Um, I mean. If if you're just kind of a casual, oh the race is on, let's watch it, then you know, cool. But like it probably it probably does hurt. I would see it hurting. Um,
1: right. It, it just seems you know. That you want to have your big thing right at the end of the year, right? Well, I mean,
0: I think you guys just said it yourself, though. If you're a NASCAR fan, you don't you're watching all the races all year to begin with, and if you're a casual fan, then maybe the Daytona 500 to kick the season off gets you interested in watching more of this regular season. It could. Um, I don't think you know if you put it in the middle. You know, I just—I think this is a way to get everyone amped up to kind of get into the season. It was an interesting mm-hmm. race. It's the first time you've ever seen this kind of bump drafting. Yeah. That they had these two cars, right. you know, go going. Yep. You don't see racing like that usually, right. even for people that have watched racing for a lot, a lot of their lives. They hadn't seen that before. It
1: does. It, I mean, they definitely did the right thing repaving that track, being mm-hmm. able to go four wide like that. It sounds like it was super exciting.
0: No, definitely. And
1: never um, really had before. A real the thing fa- that can bring people in.
0: No, it definitely is. They, they had to. Re- Paved that It had been 25 years Um, And um,
2: Yeah but that that was That was really cool Because it wasn't just Teammates teaming up With each other It was people helping From different teams Helping the other person Up until the very end Which I thought was Kind of a cool thing I mean their competitors helping each other.
0: No, it and, was
2: yeah, and it was it was it was a really cool thing because uh, cars can only go so fast, but when you have another person behind you pushing you, you're going so much. They faster. were
0: yeah, they got up to around a little bit past like 200, 201 with the bump traps uh, and usually they can only go around.
2: They said the average speed was 130, so yeah, it was. 200 fast, was yeah. the fastest uh, mm-hmm. fastest time I saw,
0: and, but um, it's funny the guy was 20 years old. They're pouring champagne on him. He can't even drink it. I know. Uh, he's too young to even have his celebratory drink. Uh, yeah. It's pretty hilarious but congratulations to Trevor Bain that's right. a that's a heck of a weekend mm-hmm. uh, turned, Turn turned turn 20 and my dad was I was talking to my dad earlier he's like where did I go wrong with you <laughs> right. you know like what, what were you yeah, doing I'm like well, I told him like you didn't have me driving some go-kart
1: at, you know five years old right. you know this winner before that was Jeff Gordon at 25 so it's amazing how much younger this is yeah guy I know it's incredible it's insane uh, but we're gonna move on to
0: the interesting facts real fast and since uh, it is the time of year where people seem to get sick we are have some uh, health facts for all you uh, people out there um, um, here's, let's start it off. Ironically, when doctors in Los Angeles, California, went on strike in 1976, the daily number of deaths in the city dropped 18%. Not
1: looking good for your, <laughs> your, your plans here with the strikes.
0: <laughs> They're like, you, know, you need us. Not really. Everyone's fine. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's been medically, uh, it has been medically proven that laughter is an effective painkiller.
1: Well, there you go. Listen in, hear our jokes, and uh, you'll feel a little better. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. You ever
0: notice when someone like really kind of wipes out, and they might be trying to start laughing? Kind of, you know, it, at least you, it takes your mind it off. It takes your mind off, and that's exactly it. Um, it is impossible to sneeze with your eyes open. My eyes I, will
2: pop out of your head. Did you guys ever hear that as a kid?
0: I, <laughs> no. I didn't hear that one, but no. now I'm afraid. That was what I was thinking. I, I was thinking like, of huh. trying it next time. Eyes will
2: pop going out
0: of the head. Yeah, really? <laughs> uh, let's see. It is possible to get high by licking a toad. The cane toad produces a toxin called bufetorin to ward off predators. When licked, this toxin acts as a hallucinogen. Have
2: you ever seen that family The guy family guy, guy. exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do <Dude>, toad. <laughs> uh, let's see. It is very common for babies in New Zealand to sleep on sheepskins. This is to help them gain weight faster and retain their body heat okay Uh, it takes about three hours for food to be broke down in the human stomach so take your time if you're going to go swimming or go on a run or something don't wait three hours (laughs) but give it a little bit give it a little bit Uh, kissing can aid in reducing tooth decay this is because the extra saliva helps in keeping the mouth clean well, that's there a good go. thing. Need yeah. to work on that. Uh, let's see. Lack of sleep can affect your immune system and reduce your ability to fight infections. I feel like I'm Olin. That's the stupidest thing. Of course, lack of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I got motto. I'm, yeah, so. no, but I'm sorry. It's like you know, Olin saying, you know, you just wash your hands after you sneeze in them. Duh. Like, like, <laughs> act like it's some big health tip. Like You learn that at four. Um, let's see. In the last one, left-handed people are better at sports that require good spatial judgment and fast reaction compared to right-handed individuals. Shut up, Johnny. Okay. But um, listen, it's been a great show. I'm really happy all of our listeners tuned in. Uh, definitely tune in next week for another show. The Asian Invasion is coming up next. This is Spartan Sports Rap on W88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Rap on Impact Exposure. Tune
2: in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis.
0: Here and only here on Impact 89 FM exclusive podcast from Impact 89FM.